Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy, Trav. I was looking at my Thursday list for the Where thing Jonathan. preparing myself, oh. and I just completely fucked it. Yes, I love it. Uh, uh, we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome to the Oscars to Podcast Thursday show, Thursday, where we take a look at the oeuvre of no longer an Oscar bridesmaid, but an Oscar winner and noble of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. What are we watching this week, Zach? What is this, a crossover episode? (laughs) 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 I have to. We're watching Infernal Affairs. So, you know, it's it's the Hong Kong police versus the triad and the spy thriller that inspired the screenplay for The Departed, which we talked about yesterday. All right. I'm going to ask this question first. Okay. Is this everybody's first time seeing this? Yes. Yes. No, for me, I Ooh, watched wow. this. I watched this pretty much right after I gotcha. found out that The Departed was a remake. Yeah. And I wanted to see how Martin Scorsese did with it. Uh, but before we get into the episode, mm-hmm. we have a little bit of business to take care of. Trav, mm-hmm. you business. missed last week. I did. So uh, for the audience, just so we have it as a matter of record, uh, how did you feel about last week's uh, last week's film, No Direction Home, Bob Dylan? Um, you know, man, I'm just not a Bob Dylan fan. And this, what was this, three and a half hours or something crazy? Mm. Yeah, a little over like three. Woo, that's right. That's a rough watch for a fan of not what the subject matter is when it comes to music <laughs> specifically, right? Like I that's could fair. go into something not knowing anything about it. And probably be entertained for three and a half hours if it catches my interest as I'm watching it. But three and a half hours on an artist that you already have, you're Mm. not a fan of. Ooh, man, that's a brutal watch. Y'all did it. Y'all did it to me. (laughs) Y'all did it to me last week. Uh, But I I still feel like I was generous. Yeah, I gave it a three-star, you know, film uh, rating. Because it wasn't terrible. It was just way too long. And I don't give a shit about Bob Dylan. So, yeah, but I I can see, you know, if I was a fan, it was a well put together documentary. That's a very fair take. And I I totally get your point. I like uh, knowing that you don't like the artist and going into it. You're like already like, why am I watching this? (laughs) You're watching it out of necessity, not something you (laughs) would sit down and choose to watch. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I don't hate Bob Dylan personally. He's never said anything, or I've just I've never heard a Bob Dylan song and said I want to check out more of this guy. Yeah. All right. So then we'll do the uh, worst of judgment. Oh yeah. Uh, where's this sitting on your Thursday ranking? So again, even though I'm not a Bob Dylan fan, it's definitely not the worst thing that Marty's been a part of, and um, so I have it sit at my 29 spot. Right above the grifters, but right under Italian American, because I will listen to his parents talk for three and a half hours before I listen to anybody talk <laughs> about Bob Dylan for three and a half hours. Let me say that. Fair enough. That's right. I think uh, Paul and I both gave it five stars. All right. Well, I'm not that's... shocked at Paul giving it five stars. It probably could have been a doc. Marty could do a documentary about how toilets clog, and Paul would be like, documentary? Martin? Five stars. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) The shit is stuck. 
Honestly, I think this would have been more interesting if Marty narrated throughout the documentary. I think that would have mm. pulled me in more because, again, Marty just has a voice that you listen. You know, he has a very right. soft. It's not that he talks small, but he has a soft voice. It's a teacher's voice. You know what yeah. I mean? And I want to learn from Martin. Right. Yeah. Right. And earnestly interested in your Absolutely. learning. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. Right. Any anytime you need me to come on here and tell me tell you how I don't like something, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So now we're gonna get into oh, hold on. There's no Oscar breakdown on this. Son of a oh, yeah. It didn't get nominated for anything. It was uh it was selected as a Hong Kong entry for best foreign language film, but not it nominated. Not now let nominated. me let me ask you this. Do you think it's because of relations with China being off and on throughout, you know, the history of America? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that's a possibility, but like, Hero gets into the uh, best. But didn't Tarantino direct Hero? No, no, that what, was directed what, by Zhang Yimou. What am I thinking of that Tarantino Tar- directed with Jet Li? Nothing. He directed nothing with Jet Li. Uh, what happens oh, is Tarantino. Uh, uses his name to pull films from foreign markets over here, and he's an executive producer on them as a uh, means of trying to sell the movie to American audiences. Okay. Uh, and Hero, I believe, was one of those. Uh, Iron Monkey was another oh, one. Fist? No, Iron Monkey. Oh, no. I thought it was called Fist of the Iron Monkey. I'm sorry. No, it was just called Iron Monkey. There oh, probably okay. is a sequel. I'm not certain. Okay. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Right, right, right. But just in the case that I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of the original Iron Monkey. Well, now I need to look up Iron Monkey because... Please do. This era of, like, mid-2000s Chinese martial arts movies. The wuxia films. Dude, they're just so good. Is that what they call them? It's the very specific, like, fantasy element to them oh, with all okay. the high-wire stuff, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Tiger, Dragon. Right, Those are right, called right. wuxia films. Um, There was one nominated this year at... I just can't remember. Is it Curse of the Golden Flower? Oh, that's a good one. Was that one nominated this year for Best Foreign Film? In t- 2002? I'm not certain. On two th- on t- yeah. Well, this uh, this one, I'm just looking at the list. It looks like it, it performed very well at the 40th Golden Horse Awards. Well, actually, uh, th- I was going to use this as a segue to talk about the 22nd Hong Kong Film Awards. Yeah, that one, mm, too. Okay. okay. So, here's a... 22nd Hong Kong Film Awards breakdown. I paused for the music cue. Infernal Affairs wins best film at the 22nd Hong Kong Film Awards, beating out the likes of Zhegi Mo's Hero. Oh. Three, Golden Chicken and Hollywood Hong Kong, (laughs) which I really want to see Golden Chicken now. There's a blow up doll on the cover. (laughs) Nice. Uh, best director goes to Andrew Lau and Alan Mack for Infernal Affairs. Best screenplay goes to Alan Mack and Felix Chong for Infernal Affairs. Hell yeah. Best actor goes to Tony Lung Chi Wei, who was uh, Leonardo Di- the Leonardo DiCaprio character. His yeah. name's escaping me now. Uh, in Infernal Affairs, beating out Andy Lau in Infernal Affairs. Uh, best actress goes to Angelica Lee for The Eye. Uh, Best Supporting Actor goes to Anthony Wong in Infernal Affairs, beating out Eric Sang and Chapman Toe for Infernal Affairs. 
Uh, best supporting actress goes to Renee Liu for Double Vision. Double best Vision. To my eyes. Uh, best new performer goes to Eugenia Yoon for Three. Best cinematography goes to Christopher Doyle for Hero, beating out Andrew Lau and Lei Yu Fei for Infernal Affairs. Best film editing goes to Danny Pang and Pang Chi Hei for Infernal Affairs. Mm-hmm. Best art direction goes to Hu Jing Zhao and Yi Jin Zhao for Hero. Uh, best costume makeup design goes to Imiwata for Hero, beating out Lee Pit Kwan for Infernal Affairs. Best action choreography goes to Tony Ching for Heroes, beating out Dion Lam for Infernal Affairs. Best original film score goes to Tan Dunn for Hero, beating out Comfort Chan for Infernal Affairs. Best original film song goes to Infernal Affairs. Wow. Best sound design goes to Tao Jing for Hero, beating out Kin Sun Sang for Infernal Affairs. Best visual effects goes to Hero, giving Ellen Poon, Maori Pope, Christopher Hovarth, and Jonathan Rothbart, Academy, uh, uh, 22nd Hong Kong Film Awards, almost said Academy Awards, uh, beating out Christopher Doyle for Infernal Affairs. Best Asian film goes to My Sassy Girl from South Korea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sassy Girl. And the Professional Achievement War Awards go to Walter So and Shek Ken. And that is our 22nd Annual Hong Kong Film Awards. I like that. So this film did pretty well. Yeah, it was also the highest grossing film of the year in Hong Kong. Nice. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Also spun off two sequels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You seen those? I have not. Okay. I think I I saw that it came out in the same year, both movies. (laughs) Which which I know the Asian market does that a lot. You know what I mean? Where... They'll put out both the movies. Well, Infernal Affairs 2 comes out in 2003, so it's not very far behind. And Infern- Infernal Affairs 3, yeah, comes out in 2003. So, yeah. Right, yeah. So, within like a calendar year, all three of these movies come out. Which is weird because where do you go from here? I know we haven't well, dived into the plot, but. Well, I mean, the biggest difference is uh, the, the detective right. doesn't die in right. Infernal and Affairs. Are we going to get into the politics behind that and. Or am I the only one that knows anything about Chinese law in well, movies? No, no, movie go ahead. Making? Lay it on us. Oh, okay. So originally, we did get the ending that we saw in The Departed. And I don't know if um, the screenwriter for The Departed knew that. I can't think of his name right now. William Monaghan. So, but originally, that was going to be the ending. But there... Let me read it exactly. It's Article 25 of the Chinese Film Administration Regulations, specifying that films cannot propagate obscenity, gambling, violence, or admit to commit crimes in a movie. Uh. Interesting. So the original ending version promotes criminal activity and injustice, which how does the whole movie not, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, so what I'm assuming is, I, I don't know, maybe Chinese people... Chinese government is very fickle, so I don't know what they deemed appropriate and not appropriate, but I'm assuming, I don't know, cops dying? I don't know, bro. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm you know, certainly it, not innocent. Yeah, in this one, I, I feel we we get more of a he turns over a new leaf. Right. Like, he 
because you know with uh, with Matt Damon's character, he doesn't turn on his he doesn't turn on Jack Nicholson out of the goodness of his heart, kind of like it happens in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, he finds out that Jack Nicholson is a rat for the FBI, right? And that's what makes him turn on him. And even as he's being arrested by Leonardo DiCaprio, he's still like, fuck you. I'm going to get off because I'm a co-op and you're not a co-op. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And this one, he's just kind of like, man, we've just been doing the wrong thing. And I really liked that guy that he killed. Like I genuinely liked him. So now I'm going to turn on him and I'm going to be good. And when it comes time for him to face justice. Yeah, uh, just, he's he's kind of going with it until the other cop shows up. <laughs> I, maybe that's what the Chinese government is trying to be like when they say, well, you know, he turned a new leaf, so he's good now. And we can see that, you know, cops are good. You know, maybe, I, yeah. I don't know, they get spun in that that sort of light and their crazy mindset. He, he, was, he was just misled. Now he's right, a good right. co-op. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting though. Um, the politics of it aside, you know, we start with the uh, kind of the Buddhist and the faith uh, uh-huh. comments, and then we end with that about you know he may have lived, but he's he's going to be uh, cursed with a life of uh, pain and anguish and right. guilt. Right. So it, it's not a bad um, way around the rules, I guess. I don't think I would it. Not exactly like say. I don't want to show my hand too early, but <laughs> I think I would have liked it a lot more if I hadn't already seen The Departed, loved The Departed, and feel like there's a connection between these two films. Right. Maybe my mindset would be a little bit different on that ending than it is now. True. Yeah. But, you know, obviously, you know, the, the plots are very similar. Right. Um, but this, this film has such a brisk uh pace you know it's an hour 40 minutes versus two and a half hours with the departed that you know they still feel very different and i I like the the visual style of this one too it's i mean it's kind of like i'd almost say it's like got an alt uh new metal kind of feel to it i don't know if that it's it's got it's got a lot of john woo influence Mm, yeah yeah you get a lot of that hard boiled and Mm -hmm. whatnot in it which i enjoy me too. And I think the acting, the acting is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you pointed out, you've got the four, four people who haven't seen this movie. I, I think it's probably simplest to refer to them as the departed characters, if that's acceptable. I mean, uh, you know, the, I think that's what we're going to stick with. So we so, don't right. just have to keep going back. Cause I'll get confused it. too, to be, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Um, but you know, the guy playing, uh, the Leo character is, been undercover for 10 years like you talked about the age difference versus one or two when we were talking about brad pitt being in the departed yeah yeah where the departed takes place within like a year or two uh from when we meet these characters to the end of this movie it's been like a 10-year gap right yeah i think uh one thing i like that the departed did was Making it so that the two characters, the two, the the rat and the insider, didn't didn't know each other at, at first. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does pack a little bit of emotional punch at the end here when he dies. It's like, oh shit, I I actually cared about that dude. And but for them to have seen each other, I feel like you know maybe he would have the the cop uh, rat would have 
the Matt Damon character would have maybe thought about that guy as a potential. Yeah, I agree. I think that's Marty's, or not really Marty, because he didn't write the screenplay, but I think that's the mindset going into the writing of The Departed, too, is I think it does work better if they don't know each other, because then there really is, I don't know who it could be, because he doesn't fucking know this guy. Yeah, because the only time they kind of earn each other's fears at all is when yeah when leo's sitting outside the the office as matt damon's walking out matt damon's such a shit bag that he doesn't even pay attention to anybody else around him because he's too busy boasting and bragging about his own shit you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so yeah but uh the the one thing i think this film suffers from that i really love about the departed is the fact that the departed puts in a lot of world building before we get into the story Mm -hmm. yeah where you know we get an idea of Frank and his relationship to Boston and how he's able to corrupt people in the way he's able to corrupt them, to get them to do things like join the police force to spy for him. Yeah. Where in this one, you just kind of, you just kind of take it at face value. You're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's just what's going on. But it's nice to have the context for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think America is such a a pot of different things going on. I think you don't need to do that probably over there in China because the people don't need that because it's all such a similar thing no matter kind of where you are mm-hmm. over there. So it's probably not necessary versus over here in America where, I mean, 2,000 miles is a whole different fucking country almost, <laughs> you know, either going north or south, you know what I mean, around yeah. here. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, though, uh, you know, that they are different enough that I think it, there's there's value in watching them both um, for different experiences. Yeah. And, you know, this is a great it's a great script. It, it's the whole the whole ending um, going from the rooftop to the elevator. And it's just so it was so shocking in The Departed. And I'm sure Chinese audiences felt the same way seeing this yeah probably i also budgets are drastically different you know (laughs) a lot of asian markets don't have budgets you know what i mean so visually i don't fault the film for this film will never compare to the departed visually it just doesn't have the money behind it right but yeah because because normally when you get real money behind chinese films you're getting something like hero right right mm-hmm. right which he's mm-hmm. in you know tony long mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's crazy seeing i never seen this movie before but i'm like holy shit you know it's the dude from hero and shang chi and i'm just yeah. like <laughs> you know this is crazy because he does look a lot younger than he does now yeah yeah mm-hmm. obviously it's 20 years 20 ago, years ago so. yeah i was so good on this yeah just, i um yeah, you know, I don't really know what to say about the movie as far as because it just doesn't connect the way The Departed connects because right. I'm American. You know, like this is not even just that I'm not from Boston specifically, but yeah. all my roots are tied to Massachusetts and New Hampshire. So I have that connection of, yeah, Boston's a shit city. You know, it's dirty. <laughs> It's nasty. And I know over there, every time I watch a Chinese crime movie, it's always about the triads. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. even just even rush hour. It's like the triads, the triads. You know what I mean? Grand Theft like, Auto. Bro, is there no Triple other triads. gang in China besides the triads? They they don't want you to think there is. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> look, we the got triads. the gang, we got the gang problem under control, except for these fucking <laughs> the triads. triads. <laughs> <laughs> They've been yeah. wreaking havoc since 1967. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So I think what we got here with Infernal Affairs is a tight, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> tight thriller <laughs> packed into an hour and forty minutes. Just, just kind of jumps right into it, and you blaze through the story, uh, and it's adapted to the Departed, which we, we said is fleshed out. You got the backstory and the the punch ups of dialogue really think give the Departed some more character and flavor too, especially with like uh, Wahlberg's and um, mm-hmm. Baldwin's characters. I I like how so many. Similar scenes, and and I was kind of surprised when you said that Marty hadn't watched it because um, there was a couple scenes that struck me visually, but might is probably just the way it was written in the screenplay. Yeah, um, probably. And I mean, you storyboard something a certain way, and there's only so many ways a, a thing can look. Right, right, yeah, right. And like the most straightforward way to communicate to an audience is probably exactly the same in most directors' minds, especially when you're doing like a like a medium two shot of a guy pointing a gun at another guy. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. like in the office. <laughs> yeah. Paul wouldn't know that one. Well, I think Paul's seen all the office. But... Yeah. I've, I've seen every episode of the office. Yeah. At uh, least most oh, of them. it's parks and rec that, you know, people are, or they're hammering you to watch, not the office. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I watched the office while it was on and fell out probably with like two or three seasons left to go. No, yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't believe it's around, around, around the proper yeah. time, but I, I have parks and rec on my list. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get to it. Maybe I just have to keep putting things in front of it. Like infernal affairs, two and three. I have to watch those now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but you know, to mention a couple lines of dialogue, like from the, um, you know, in this scene, you got uh, like when they're up there hitting some golf balls. I like this. The punch up of the comments Baldwin's making about, you know, getting promoted and being married and what that means to like your optics. Oh, uh-huh. and, and I always think about that. I'm like, you know, on days where I'm feeling uh, frumpy or worthless, it's like, hey, I'm married. Somebody can stand my ass. It's like, and maybe <laughs> other people think the same way. Oh, somebody likes him enough. Mm hmm. So that and elevators have it's like <laughs> the the switch. I've got I've got my trauma and I've got my healing. Both That's in the right. same movie. There you go. Uh-huh. Thank you, Marty. Yep. Uh, Marty. Marty. Yeah, I'm interested in watching the sequels. I don't know. Uh yeah. I haven't looked up I'm anything t- about them. <laughs> I'll tell you guys up so front. I have no them. interest. I have no yeah. interest in watching two and three. Yeah, I um I've owned the trilogy for probably a decade. And I just finally unwrapped the plastic this week to watch it. <laughs> Bro, you remember when you sent the picture and I was like, dude, we got to watch all three. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Yes. fuck Two weeks life. in a row. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. Any more notes on this film? It's a good film. It's just, you know, it's no departed. Yes. Yeah. It's cool. It's I like it, and I'm like I said, I'm glad that it's different enough that you know. Even having seen The Departed, I was watching this, and I was like, 
enjoying the little differences here and there. And I'm glad they have different endings, even if it was politically motivated. It's going to make them stand apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's get into our worsty judgments. So since this is kind of a crossover episode this week, we're going to start The Departed, okay. which we covered yesterday. Tram. That's right. Where is The Departed sitting on your Thursday's rankings? Look, man, I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say it today because it is on my letterbox review. Crime thrillers that take place in Boston all day over crime thrillers that take place in New York. It's just better. There's just something about it. It's better. And the fact that Marty's from New York and can do a film that takes place in Boston and do it so authentic. I mean, my man had Dropkick Murphys in there. It, <laughs> oh, God, look, yeah, bro, I love that. Dude, they are Boston, bro. Like, uh-huh. they are Boston, 2AT. Especially for Irish people in Boston. It doesn't yeah. get more Irish Boston than Dropkick Murphys. I was watching the movie. When that song kicks in, I'm just like, yeah, I love this movie. I believe that song's <laughs> also in like a random truck commercial or something like that. Bro- I'm, I don't know Probably. why they're playing that song in a truck commercial, but I'm here uh, for it. I'm not it mad. Could, <laughs> it could also, it might have also been State of Massachusetts, which is was the theme song to Nitro Circus, mm. which has kind of a similar intro. I'm not saying it wasn't. I right. just okay. I feel like I heard that that commercial as well, and that's you an mad. even weirder song to put in there because that's about the state of Massachusetts taking p- children from abusive parents right oh okay. why not put them in the truck apparently and yeah go on. <laughs> drive them away <laughs> drop them off in chinatown oh lord but yeah man this is just marty saying i'm sick of the bullshit i'm gonna give these motherfuckers a movie and this is a five-star movie bro and yeah. it is right now sitting at my new number one hell yeah i love that I put it over Goodfellas, dude. It's a better movie than Goodfellas. It's mm. so good. It's mm. so good. I literally mm. have zero complaints about this movie. Mm. Zach. Hello there. Where's this sitting on your Thursday rankings? So, I love and adore this movie also, and I also gave it five stars. But if it were on my Critiker rating, i give it like a 97. <laughs> <laughs> so that means it's at my number three. I I still prefer Goodfellas and Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. So Departed is my number three, but I did give it a edge over Raging Bull. I was thinking um, I could see somebody making an argument about Raging Bull making it, being a better film, but I just enjoy The Departed more. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the art of Raging Bull, but it's not a movie I'm going to sit down and watch a lot just because it's, it's a tough watch sometimes. So, yeah, number three. Five stars, though. Nice. I also gave this five stars because this is a perfect movie well it's a 99.5 on my critiker rating <laughs> um it's, it's an incredible film that i love and i have a deep admiration for and i can't believe how fucking good martin scorsese is 40 years into a career yeah crazy yeah. crazy i have it all the way up at my number eight that's wild <laughs> I was going to say 14. <laughs> Number eight. Uh, no, no, no. Four, 14 is Gangs of New York, and I have that at four and a half stars. Gotcha. 13 is a five-star film, though. Um, 
Yeah, it's at my number eight. I have it just above After Hours because, God damn it, I love that film. I have it just under King of Comedy. It's so good. Oh, this movie's so good. I can't believe this man's made so many fucking masterpieces. Trav, Trav's waiting to cuss me out. Uh, the, <laughs> until you mentioned King of, King of New York, man, I was like, <clears throat> you know, but yeah, Marty's good. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> All right. So now we need to move to Infernal Affairs. Okay. Which mm-hmm. we are also, even though Marty technically, well, not technically, Marty has nothing to do with the movie Infernal Affairs <laughs> at all. We're still going to put it on the rankings Absolutely. because we covered it on the show. Yes. So, Trav, That's where right. do you have Infernal Affairs on your Thursday's ranking? So I gave this movie a three and a half star. I totally understand the appeal. I could see, you know, production companies, screenwriters, whatever, seeing this movie and go, that would be a hit blockbuster hit over here if we just change some things and get an American cast in there. And they were 1,000% right because uh, it won Best Picture. So I gave it a three and a half stars. I have it sitting at my 22nd spot right under my voyage to Italy because, again, we can listen to Marty talk about plunging toilets. And we would enjoy that over here. And right above Mad Dog and Glory, who, again, if they would have replaced Bill Murray with Jack Nicholson, would be probably a five-star movie. <laughs> have Jack well, and Bob ever done a movie together? They have, I've, Not that I can think of. Uh, you said that. Shame. I can't think of one. I'm going to look into this. That's, that's all I was thinking about when we watched this was, this is what... This is what Bill Murray's character should have been in Mad Dog and Glory, but I fucking can't take Bill Murray serious. He's Bill Murray. <laughs> you know, he's Bill you know, he's not, Murray. He's 80 some years old and still closing down sets because he's touching women inappropriately or groping them. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something with women that fucking they had to shut down production for. So Yeah, this one apparently he made some comments. Frank Langella yeah. groped a woman. Yeah, Frank Langella was groping women on the set of his netflix show that he's now kicked off of <laughs> yeah so damn that's how it goes, but yeah but, three and a half star man it's a, it's a solid watch all right zach yeah, this yeah. on your thursday's rankings so i gave it a solid four stars because i really like it and i've got it nestled in at number 16 uh one above my voyage to italy actually and then hmm. right right below mean streets so i feel like it's uh it's kind of a spiritual child of Mean Streets in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I. Well, there's no Bob dancing on pool tables, but you know whatever. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, but you do have a, a nice sound system. So that's, that's right. Okay. A hell of a sound system, for sure. That was cool. Yeah. So I have number sixteen for four stars. Nice. And you, Media Daddy? Well, I gave it a lowly four and a half stars. <laughs> I know. The same I'm, ranking I'm as you gave The movies. Departed? No, I gave The Departed five stars. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I just went back to 11, so I was like, there's no way it's 11's five stars, but I, free- I, I just forget sometimes. <laughs> 13. 13. 13 films I have at five stars. <laughs> uh, I love movies. You love Marty. Let's be fair. My fucking... <laughs> My fucking best picture. Best picture list. It's like twenty something. That's for five point. stars. Yeah, that is why. I'll go. I'll. I'll, I'll read That's them a out third to you. Of the movies. I'll read them out to you. 
I, that's a quarter of the movies now. Oh, We've, we're hitting 80 soon. Oh, okay. Next week. Why do I keep thinking we're still like in the 60s, man? Nah, man. It's we're next, Our next week episode is 80. Anyway, yep. so at my lowly four and a half stars, it's all the way down to 20. <laughs> uh, and just so you know, four and a half goes down to 24. Um, Out of, how many do you have? 42 on the list? The 43. 43, okay. Uh, so... Uh, I think this is, I think this is a wonderfully taught thriller. Uh, I, I can't imagine how much I would have loved, how much more I would have loved this had I seen it first instead of The right. Departed. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. But unfortunately, I did see The Departed first, and I think The Departed does better at building the world and and setting characters. While this one is got a couple of good characters it's really only interested in the two main guys right. and then their two bosses everybody else is just kind of in the movie and yeah. in and all fine. fairness it doesn't have martin directing it, yeah. you know what i mean or mm-hmm. i i don't know this other guy but i'm sure he's not on the caliber that martin fucking scorsese is on as well so it's not like we got the chinese martin scorsese directing it you know <laughs> which yeah so. which which would probably be closer to like john woo or Zhang yimo right like one of those guys so john woo is probably more like the chinese michael bay and then he comes over here and makes some really wild ass movies <laughs> we should do john he has a new woo. one coming out finally after like uh how long has his hiatus been it's been a oh, while it's right been a while yeah Man, yeah i don't even remember the last I th- time i saw john woo yeah film. i, th- I th- thought he was on like a six year ten year break something crazy but I'm pretty sure he has a new one that he's going to be working on finally. Uh, I'm I'm going to look this up. Let's get a whoop going on. <laughs> Silent Night. No, apparently, uh, yeah, five year break. Apparently, Manhunt came out in 2017. Manhunt. Did he direct an episode of the TV show or something? No, no, this is just a movie. Oh, Silent Two's, Night, Deadly Night. It's just a just a Chinese production. Oh, apparently, okay. it's on Netflix. Silent Night already? No, uh, Manhunt. Manhunt, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, and that's Manhunter, the show. Right? I, I don't know, sorry. Uh, yeah, you're thinking Mindhunters. Mindhunter! David Fincher. Yeah, uh, Manhunt. Manhunter is the Red Dragon movie from with the Brian 80s. Cox yeah. as Hannibal Lecter. That's right. Thank you. Keeping me straight, but only just. I, I try my best. Um, all right, so I guess we're going to call it there. Uh, Tramp, yeah. let people know where they can find you on the media's social. Of course, as always, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. You can find me on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I am also on Letterboxd, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I don't think I've said this yet, but uh, I saw Doctor Strange. And I can't, I literally, ever since I saw Doctor Strange, I've woken up thinking about this movie. And <laughs> I need to hurry up and take my ass to the theater and see it again. Because, holy shit, I'm pressed to say it's the best Marvel movie I've ever seen. It was just mm. so good. I'm so happy that Sam Raimi's back. That's all I'm going to say. I'm happy Pizza Pop is back. Pizza Pop is back. Sam Raimi's back. All right, pizza Summer for dinner Snatch tonight. is back. The best Olsen sister is back. They're all back, she, baby. And she was the mistake. She was the mistake. Did she not watch that clip I sent you? Oh, oh no, Seth I didn't. Seth Rogen. No, Seth no, Rogen. I didn't. Seth Rogen was at the, uh, I think the 
Spirit Independent Awards. Okay. And he was he's like, so uh found out there's another Olsen sister this year, so I'm grappling with that. She's amazing. It's weird to think that she was the mistake. Yeah, no, it's insane <laughs> how amazing she is. Um, she had me in tears in this movie, bro, because like you can it's she's the fucking character to a T. You can feel the hurt and pain in her eyes, and god damn it, she's so good. This movie is so good. I love Sam Raimi. Yeah, Pizza Papa and the uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, may- maybe the best, good. maybe the best post end credit scene ever. Ever, and even better than the Guardians uh, post credit scenes. Even not mid credit scenes. I'm talking about the post credit scenes. Even the better silly stuff. Even better than the Keanu Reeves Constantine post credit scene. That's right. It is. Or uh, Street Fighter from 1984. I didn't know they had yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Or. How or that? Masters of the Universe. Oh. Wow. So that's that. Shout out to... Uh, I'm enjoying this new phase of Marvel movies. Mm. Excellent. I'm them. All right, Zach. Hello. Where can people find you? You can find me on Critiker at Zach Master. X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. TikTok at House Havoc and Letterboxd. Search <laughs> my name. Letterboxd. Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a runny tally of all the films I watch. And I watched two films today that I would like to bring up real quick. I watched Disney Plus's Sneakerella, mm. uh, which is a modern urban retelling of the Cinderella tale from Disney. I thought it was charming. The trailer looks great. It's It's a very cute film. There's a couple things that happen in it that uh, I'll complain about off air at some point uh, that kept it from being a little bit higher on my list just because they really hurt my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the film's sweet and I like it, especially if you're a big fan of DCOMs because it feels like an old DCOM. Okay. Uh, and then I watched uh, the Blumhouse remake of Firestarter. Yeah. Based mm. off the Stephen King novel. It is a movie. Um, and I'm an idiot because when you brought it up, I don't even know if it was off the air, but as while we were recording the other episode, I thought you were talking about the original this whole time. Oh, no, no, no. Did not know that Firestarter was out already. It came out today or yesterday on Peacock, but I believe it's not the, I believe it's not the free cock. It's the pre-cock. The pre-cock. Yeah. That, the trailer looked fucking horrible. So... I didn't even have high expectations for this, so I cannot wait to watch it. I'll say I was hanging out with it for about the first act, and then uh, something happens in the movie, and everything kind of goes downhill from there. But, um, oh, geez, I don't want to fuck up his name. uh, The actor who plays Rainbird in this version is the main character from the movie Wild Indian, and he is awesome in this movie. Okay. Hmm. Also, see Wild Indian. That's a really good movie. How did I not notice that Zach, Zach, Zach Efron is Andy in this film in the trailer? I Was he in the trailer? Know. Yeah, he's in the trailer. Okay. They're definitely selling this on Zach Efron. Well, all, all I remember from the trailer is her yelling in the blast, and I was like, that looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it called? Yeah. Uh, my, biggest, my biggest problem with this movie is that John Carpenter... Uh, does the does the score for you're lying why is he doing these random scores 
my review on Letterboxd is just so Blumhouse is going to keep letting Carpenter do scores for other films, but not give him a directing gig. The Dude, fuck, Jason? That's, isn't that the second one this year? Because yeah. he did Halloween Kills last year. Oh, that was last year. Okay. Yeah, because it came out around Halloween. Is, uh, is there Pardon? a musical? Still, him, I thought uh, him and his son did something. Yeah, they, they did Halloween. They did this one. Oh, I'm okay. Not, they did the uh, there, there might be okay. something else, and maybe I just overlooked okay. Yeah, it. I'm not getting why people are hiring this man to do random scores. Like, And, like, so I mean, weird. if I could get John Carpenter to come do my score, fuck yeah, let's do that. Why but wouldn't you involve him in the movie? Why wouldn't you just give him a fucking directing gig? <laughs> Who directed He's, this one? I don't even remember. Okay, Keith Thomas. Keith Thomas. So this is pretty much his first break, quote unquote. He's got the Vigil, the Vigil, the Vigil, something like that. Whatever. It's some Jewish thing. Does he want a directing job? I don't know. Oh, that I could mean, be, he that loves could playing be true, video Zach. games. That could be true. Maybe he's maybe. like, maybe but, uh, they, maybe they pitched him Firestarter and he was like, that sounds like shit. I'm good. <laughs> he loves video games. Hmm. A lot. Okay. Well, why isn't he directing the new Mario movie? Maybe then we don't get Chris Pratt as <laughs> right? the voice of Mario. Chris Pratt. You know Jamie Lee Curtis would be in it. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis taking shots at uh, Marvel this oh, week? Yeah. yeah, good for her. No, not good for her. Come on, stop I, it. I fucking love everything everywhere all See, at once. And yeah, she me is too. Correct. See Elizabeth Olsen taking some shots at Marvel this week? She did not take shots at Marvel. People need to stop getting it twisted. Did you see that? uh, I forgot their name now. LMAFO taking shots, 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 shots. No. No. What was the other acid flashbacks that they had? Dexy and I know it or whatever. No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I don't. uh, Party rocking in. Yes, there you go. There you go. There it is. Makes me like want it off myself. Dude, I don't know. I like that song. That hook's fucking... I like that hook. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, that that one, like, synth part that's like, wah, 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 I always get Valerie stuck in my... Valerie! <laughs> go to me! Valerie! I don't know that one, bro. <laughs> the same that Bob Dylan? I don't know that one. <laughs> it, it was redone Steve as Winwood? a... The longest outro of all time right here on Thursday. I know. We haven't even gotten to what we're watching next week. <laughs> we're watching the Call on, call on Me music video. That yeah. shit. Is that what we're watching? Because your no. boy, honestly, I never know until Zach tells me. Zach, what are we watching next week? We are watching a short film called The Key to Reserva, which is available on YouTube. Interesting. Nice. Talk about the concept of that one next week. Mm-hmm. So, call on me, Trap. Call on me. Trap. Yeah. Thank you Anytime. for producing our show. No, thank you. And for being on our sister podcast, Level Up with Benjamin Banks. Even though you make me watch Bob Dylan documentaries that are three and a half hours long. Actually, they're three and a half hours too long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a 10 hour, so it covered his blood on the track. Dude, years. when I was editing the episode, and you were like, I wish that it would have been like the PBS documentary series. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck, no. <laughs> uh, 
Well, speaking mm-hmm. of music, we like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarWorstyPod and on Facebook, the OscarWorstyPod podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast leave us a nice five star review on apple podcast stitcher or spotify it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm yeah it does yeah baby five stars all around (laughs) we'll send this to the chat i'm gonna send it you can watch it later uh (laughs) so for trav Zach, this is going to sound really weird under the other music. <laughs> so for Trav, Zach, and the great Tony Lung, I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>